All right, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Final Final Podcast here. Exciting day today as the NFL Draft begins this evening, which is really the only thing sports fans have had to look forward to lately, of course, with the global pandemic that we're still dealing with. But we'll not focus on that right now. We'll focus on the NFL Draft tonight, which is actually in a couple of hours. The first question is whether or not this whole virtual draft is going to go smoothly or not this evening. The NFL GMs have been doing mock drafts themselves, like all together this week to prepare for tonight practice, work out any of the bugs, and try to have it ready for this evening as it's going to be aired live on ESPN and NFL Network. Um, so, of course, on Monday they had some problems when they tried to initially do this one. I believe it was their first one, and they might have been doing one every day. But they had some initial problems. But what what I've been reading about their mock drafts that they've been having is that they've gone smoothly since since then. Excuse me. The biggest problem was the communication between all the GMs and everybody on the call because there's everybody on one line and nobody was muting their phone, so everybody's trying to talk at once. But my worry is how often can you prevent internet problems or predict them by doing what they did this past week, trying to practice in this sense? I mean, sometimes your internet, your internet is just slow because it's slow. I mean, I know some days my internet doesn't feel like uh, being up to speed. I know that these GMs and NFL executives and coaches have all spent thousands of dollars, I'm sure, on internet this week, especially to make sure. But I mean, sometimes it's out of your hands. Sometimes it skips on you or just crashes for a second. And it's not like you can practice and expect it to be that way every time. So I just think that's uh, funny and that this is something that could happen tonight. The thing that I take away from these mock drafts, though, that the NFL has been doing is that it can work without any hiccups. Doesn't mean the one time that it counts that it will work, though, which is tonight. But the ones that they've been doing this week tell me that they can go smoothly. But it just might not be the case tonight. But hopefully it is. Obviously, nobody wants there to be like a pause. Um, it'll be really interesting, though, how they handle disturbances or some of these occurrences and to what effect that they might have if they occur. So if a team does lose power or if maybe there is a storm. I mean, just two days ago out here in Los Angeles, we had a quick 10-second earthquake that was close to a 4.0. That's something that the that could cause Internet problems for sure. If That's not something you can really predict. But we'll see how they're able to handle if anything comes up. Hopefully nothing does. Uh, but that'll be really interesting to see how that goes this evening. Then, after the draft is all said and done, comes the reaction from teams after the entire draft. And if any team has had some complaints or has said they had some problems, but maybe they weren't able to bring it up during the draft, uh, maybe some of that will come out when the draft is done, which we'll have to keep an eye on. So we'll see if, if that's something that pops up too, something to keep in mind there. Let's get to the draft itself today and what I want to do for this episode I've found and have been using a couple of websites leading up to the NFL Draft, and I've been doing this for the past couple of years. What I've been doing is creating my own mock drafts, and what I can do is I can go to these websites, choose a team, choose multiple teams, or choose all the teams, and I can do the mock draft there and how many rounds I want to do to select. So what I usually do is I go here, I take the Packers, I mock the draft, and what it does is it selects all the players up until, or selects all the teams up until the Packers pick. Then I get to pick for the Packers with what the players are left available. I pick, then it keeps going depending on how many rounds I do. So what I want to do to here is go to these sites that I've been using and be the Packers GM for a couple of these mock drafts and see who's available for them in each scenario. 
and then I choose what I would do and try to think what the Packers might do in the situation that they're presented from what these mock drafts give me. And so I've been using the mock draft simulators on the Draft Network website. PFF has a simulator, Pro Football Focus, and PFN, Pro Football Network, also has a simulator as well. These are the three that I've been using, and they have they all have different value on these players, which can give you a nice barometer of where these players' range could go. Maybe a player on the Draft Network simulator goes as high as, let's say, 18, but then maybe on Pro Football Network he can fall to the second round, and that's kind of how it could be in the real NFL draft is some coaches and GMs may have a high opinion of one player. Another team might have them lower. Either way, it's 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 kind of nice to have a range of, of these things instead of doing the same one over and over again. So we'll do a couple of first round mocks, and then I might add in a second round one as well to see what the Packers might have available there at 30. Remember last week I did my full 32 picks first round mock draft on that episode. I have a full 60 or 64 round second two round mock draft on my website thefinalfinalofficial.com so make sure to check that out but right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to these websites and I'm going to pick the Packers and we're going to do a mock draft of the first round for them see what's available on all three websites uh, for them around 30 and then see what we can do from there so keep this in mind too though while I do this is that there's a possible possibility that some of these teams could be trading up in this draft or trading down and 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 you really I don't really predict those in these sometimes the simulator does it on its own and it gets a little crazy with it but in the real NFL draft here's some teams that have been talked about possibly moving up and are starting to gain steam as we get closer to the draft this evening some teams that may want to move up for a certain prospect some that are willing to move down the Dolphins and Chargers have been rumored since the beginning that they might have to move up to maybe that third spot to grab the quarterback that they want. The Falcons have really been gaining steam as they have been looking to get into the top 10, possibly for the number two cornerback in C.J. Henderson, maybe for one of those top offensive tackles. But that's what a lot of NFL experts and analysts have been uh, hearing, that the Falcons are a team looking to move up. The Eagles are a team that may be looking to move up to get one of them top wide receivers. The Colts possibly near the end of the first round to get back into the first round. The Packers are a team that have been rumored to be wanting to move up, maybe to get ahead of the Eagles to get a, a wide receiver that they like. The Jets are another team that may want to move up. A couple teams possibly looking to move down. Expect the Seahawks to possibly trade their first-round pick, number 27 overall. They have traded their first-round pick in the last eight drafts. Doesn't mean they haven't had a first-round pick in the last eight drafts. They've at least traded their pick in the last eight drafts, so expect them to probably do that again. The Buccaneers are a team that could look to move either up or down, most likely up if they want an offensive tackle, one of those top four. The 49ers could be looking to move down with that 31st overall pick. They have, like we said uh, in the last episode, tied for the fewest amount of picks in this year's draft, so they could possibly move down from 31 and gather some more picks in the rest of this draft. Another thing to keep an eye on, too, is veteran players that could be on the move in exchange for draft picks this evening. Guys like Yannick Ngakwe, the defensive end from the Jaguars. He wants out of Jacksonville. He's on a franchise tag. And the problem there is if he gets traded, he's going to have to sign a big deal with the new team. So the new team doesn't want to give up a ton of draft capital when they also have to pay 
Ngakwe big money as well. So we'll have to see if that guy gets traded. Jamal Adams, the safety for the Jets, he's a big name that could possibly be traded during this draft. Leonard Fournette, the running back for the Jaguars, he could be traded during this time as well. Trent Williams, the offensive tackle for the Redskins, he held out all of last year because he just doesn't want to be in Washington anymore. That's a name you could hear traded this evening as well, or maybe on day two of the draft too. And then Anthony Harris, the safety for the Vikings, he's another guy that could be shipped out of Minnesota for a draft pick. So listen for those guys' names as well for teams to maybe be trading them away for more draft capital in this year's draft. So what I'll do is I'm going to go to the draft network first here, and there's a couple of things that you can do when you go here. So they have select the big board that you'd like to use when selecting players. So I can use either their predictive board or their player rankings board, and the predictive board is what they think is most likely to happen in this draft. So I'll go with that one. I can choose the number of rounds I do. I'm just going to do one here, and then we'll start this draft, and we'll see who's available for the Packers at 30. So right off the bat, picks 1, 2, and 3 go Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda, which a lot of people expect that to be the case in this uh, year's draft unless the Lions trade that number three overall pick, but that's what a lot of people are thinking will be the top three overall picks. All right, so here we are, Packers at the 30th pick. couple guys that went ahead of them, A.J. Epineza to the Titans, couple offensive linemen here from 26 to 28, Josh Jones, Ezra Cleveland, Cesar Ruiz. We've got one, two, three, four, five wide receivers taken ahead of the Packers here. Denzel Mims, 24 to the Saints. We've got... Justin Jefferson, 21 to the Eagles. Jerry Judy, 15 to the Broncos. Henry Ruggs, 13 to the 49ers. And then C.D. Lamb at 12 for the Raiders. So we'll go to available players now for the Packers. We'll see what the Draft Network's big board has left for them available at 30. They've got three running backs right off the top here, all three in Swift. Out of Georgia, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. They have also still have Jordan Love available for the Packers here. They've got the two linebackers that haven't been selected yet in Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. Then two developmental tackles in Isaiah Wilson, Austin Jackson. But the guy that I think the Packers should take and would take possibly at this spot is Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. Now, if you watched or listened and saw my Mock Draft 2.0 episode last week, I had the Packers taking Josh Jones at this 30th overall position. In this one, Josh Jones was taken 26th by the Dolphins, and I actually had Ayuk taken by the Packers at 62. Now a whole week has gone by since that last episode, actually a week and a half since I recorded it, and probably two weeks since I've made that that mock draft. Ayuk has been a guy that's been climbing up boards. A lot of experts think that executives and teams really like his length. His explosiveness, um, he's recovering well from his surgery, his, um, I believe a core muscle surgery that he had. That might have been LaVisca Chanel. But either way, Ayuk has been flying up draft boards, and I think that the Packers might like him here at 30. So we'll go ahead with Brandon Ayuk for the Packers at 30th overall here. So we've got Burrow, Young, Okuda. The one interesting thing here, so the Dolphins in this scenario took Tua at 5. And the Chargers, with the sixth pick, didn't take a quarterback. They took C.J. Henderson, the corner, from Florida all the way up at six. So that meant Justin Jefferson dropped all the, or Justin Herbert, excuse me, dropped all the way down to 23 
to the New England Patriots. So he wasn't taken by the Chargers, fell all the way to the 23rd spot with the Patriots. So that's one scenario that could happen where a couple of offensive tackles are taken before the Packers, and they end up going with a wide receiver like Brandon Ayuk in this scenario. So now if I go to Pro Football Network, I do the same thing. One round, take the Packers, let this all uh, sort itself out. Same top three there in Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda, which a lot of people expect. So here we go. We get to the Packers. Let's see a couple picks before them. Jonathan Taylor, Ross Blacklock, Patrick Queen, and Kenneth Murray both gone this time. See, now Jordan Love also gone this time. So Pro Football Network has different rankings on these players. Um, let's see how many wide receivers we have going before the Packers. We got one, two, three, just four wide receivers taken ahead of the Packers this time. The one that has not been taken yet was Denzel Mims from the last one. So we'll see what we got available here. Same thing in this one. We've got Ezra Cleveland available this time, the offensive tackle. Denzel Mims is available as well. Isaiah Wilson. And now the thing is, with this one, their rankings are so different. The last one where Brandon Ayuk was available in the draft network, he was available and they had him ranked around the 36th. Now, in the Pro Football Network's mock draft, he's still available, but they have him ranked as 56th, which makes me think they think he could be available later in the second round, possibly for the Packers to take with 62. So this is what I mean by doing a couple of these mock drafts, doing them on different websites, where you get the feeling of how the Packers might see the draft board and how it could really shake up in all sorts of different scenarios, which is always fun and interesting to look at here. So Josh Jones now is available for the Packers. He still hasn't been taken in this one. I think the Packers in this scenario would take Josh Jones. I think that would be their best bet for the Packers to try and solidify that offensive line, find their right tackle of the future in replacing Brian Balaga. So that's how the Pro Football Network one worked out in this sense. So, so far, the Packers available at 30. They've had Josh Jones who be available there. Brandon Ayuk's been available there as well. So now we'll go to Pro Football Focus, and we'll do their mock draft. A couple of things interesting about this one, when you click on, they have so many different scenarios that you can run with it. So you can choose which kind of big board you want to run off of, draft needs, care for positional value, and then there's a randomness factor that you can do as well. So if you make it random, like how they've how I've done it with that one, they've had guys like Clavon Chase in the defensive end from LSU go first overall instead of Chase Young and Joe Burrow. I don't necessarily think that's really a possibility, so I like to make it less random, which is an option as well. So then I'll start this mock. And the cool thing about this one too is Whichever team you choose, it asks you, do you want to perform a pre-draft trade? So then you'd be selecting in a position and you don't have to wait until it gets there. One thing for the Packers to look at, look for them maybe to trade up into that 20th spot with the Jaguars. The Jaguars have two first-round picks this year with the 9 and 20. The Packers, if they're looking to get ahead of the Eagles, who may be wanting a wide receiver, an inside linebacker, two positions that the Packers are looking at as well. The Packers may want to get ahead of the Eagles in this scenario. So look for that to be a spot for the Packers to do. We won't do a trade for this one. So we'll just go ahead and have this one get started here. Same first three here as well. So Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda. That looks like the most likely scenario of the first three picks in this 2020 NFL draft. All right. So here we go. Let's see what's taken a few picks ahead of us. See, now they've got one, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight wide receivers taken before the Packers in this one. They had C.D. Lamb all the way up at pick number four. They had Henry Ruggs at pick number nine, and they had Jerry Judy at pick number six. So three wide receivers in the top ten. A lot of mock drafts have been showing these guys all outside the top ten from like 11 to 15 to 16 with Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs. So eight wide receivers taken at this point. For the Packers, still available. Denzel Mims wasn't one of those wide receivers taken. Brandon Ayuk is still available as well. K.J. Hamler, one of them that was gone, one of the receivers, was Jalen Rieger. But the interesting thing that we keep seeing with pro football focus that I've been doing these mock drafts is a guy like Makai Becton, the tackle out of Louisville, who's been widely considered one of the top offensive tackles in this draft, one of the top four. I've seen him go as high as four, maybe as low as 14 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's available in this draft, which is really interesting. We'll look at the offensive tackles taken before him. So Josh Jones was taken in the top 20. We also had Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, and Jaderic Wills out of Alabama. Those are the four tackles taken in this draft, which is really interesting to see that they haven't mocked Makai Becton yet at this point. So if he's available at 30, he did have a little bit of a drug issue pop up. I'm not sure exactly what it was, if it was a diluted sample or something like that. We saw Zach Bond have a similar issue as well. But if that is a concern for a lot of teams, Makai Becton could be one that slides a little bit, but I don't know if he slides all the way to 30. But if he does, and in this scenario he has, I think the Packers would absolutely jump all over Makai Becton to be their new right tackle, a big 6'7", 360-pound guy out of Louisville. So we'll take him here for the Packers. So, I mean, just right off the bat, I was trying to tell you guys how different that these can be in terms of what teams are ranking of these players. So one team could have Makai Becton as their top offensive tackle in this draft, and another team could have them as their fifth, sixth, or seventh offensive tackle ranked, and he could fall for some of these teams. And that's why I like doing these mock drafts on a bunch of different different platforms. So we can go back to NFL mock draft on the NFL or on the draft network. We'll do one round again, but what we can do is we'll change the settings a little bit on it to see what kind of different results we'll get. So instead of using their predictive board, we'll use their players' rankings board. So their analysts all rank players probably up to as many as they've studied, and then they put them in, and, and then that's where we get it from here. So we'll do player rankings instead of what they actually think is going to happen. So in this case, we still get the top three of Burrow, Young, and Okuda. That seems to be the case in almost every scenario here. But the difference is some players that they think will go higher because they think a team might select them might fall in this one because of how they have them ranked. So we'll see what's available for the Packers. A couple of things. One wide receiver. Only four wide receivers taken ahead of them in this scenario. So there'll be some wide receivers available. Let's see what we got. Ooh, here's a really interesting one. Justin Herbert was not taken in the first 30 picks. Now, there's some talk of the Packers possibly taking Jordan Love with that 30th overall pick if they think he's the quarterback of the future. I think if Justin Herbert is available at 30, which I highly doubt, again, but this is a different big board that we're using on the Draft Network's mock draft simulator. If Herbert was available at 30, I think the Packers 
either one would trade down and get a lot for someone else to take Herbert at 30, or they would take Herbert themselves and possibly set themselves up for life after Aaron Rodgers and get their quarterback of the future in Justin Herbert, a similar situation for what the Packers did with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers taking Aaron Rodgers in the first round when a quarterback that was ranked in the top five in most scenarios fell all the way to them at 24. Similar situation with Justin Herbert and the Packers. If he falls here, I think the Packers would have to jump on him. So see, there's here's a scenario where a quarterback somehow fell to the Packers. I personally wouldn't love it, but I mean, if it's Justin Herbert, I don't think the Packers can pass up on something like that. So you can do this again, and you won't get the same results every time. So we'll, now we'll do two rounds here on the Draft uh, Network's Mock Simulator. Let me get this set up real quick. And we'll do it on the predictive board, which is the most likely scenario of some of these things happening. So like a case like that, Herbert isn't their top one of their top-ranked players in the draft. So then the player rankings, one, he falls to the Packers at 30. In the predictive board, they have him going around the top 10 between the Chargers and the Dolphins and stuff like that. So we'll go back here. We'll see what's available for the Packers at 30, and then we'll see what's available also at 62. Just got to give it a second. But see, now this starts to look much better as Justin Herbert goes in the top 15 now. And it just makes more sense that that's the possibility that he goes in the top 10, top 15, instead of falling all the way to the Packers at 30. All right, so we'll take a look here. Both of the inside linebackers are taken before the Packers at 30. We've gotten five wide receivers taken ahead of them this time. Denzel Mims jumping into the scenario. The top four wide receivers seem to be consistent with it being Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and Justin Jefferson. Sometimes, and then after that, the fifth wide receiver is depending on the team. It could be Denzel Mims. It could be Brandon Ayuk. It could be Jalen Rieger. Those are a lot of names that keep popping up for that fifth wide receiver spot. So we'll see who's still available here for the Packers. Again, we've got the three running backs. we got Jordan Love. This time we've got a cornerback in Jalen Johnson who could be selected by the Packers. Kevin King. The starting cornerback for the Packers right now is on the last year of his deal. We're not sure if the Packers are going to be one of those or are going to want to re-sign him to a long-term deal. If you remember, the Packers got him in the second round, so they don't have that fifth-year option on Kevin King. He's had a lot of injury problems. Could they replace him right here with Jalen Johnson with that 30th overall pick? It's definitely a possibility. So, again, Brandon Ayuk. Let's go with Brandon Ayuk here at 30, and let's see if maybe an offensive tackle an interior defensive lineman is still available at 62. I think my personal belief for the Packers, their biggest needs are wide receiver, offensive tackle, and interior defensive lineman. You got to get that offensive line set since Brian Belaga left. You got to get Aaron Rodgers some help on the weapons outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And then you also have to be able to stop the run. We saw that against the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. So, We'll go with a wide receiver here in Ayuk since he most likely won't be available at 62 in this scenario. And we'll see what happens in the second round here. A couple of offensive linemen going, a couple of interior defensive linemen going, cornerbacks going as well. And now we'll see. We're back up to the Packers. We'll see who's still available. Jordan Love still available at 62 is really interesting. A couple of big-name wide receivers. T. Higgins, the wide receiver out of Clemson, LaVisca Chenault, he's been dropping a little bit. He's still available at 62. Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver out of USC, 
So really a lot of interesting players still available when it comes to the 62nd overall pick, which makes me think with wide receivers of this caliber still available at 62, Michael Pittman Jr., LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Chase Claypool all around that 62 range, it's making me start to think that the Packers won't be selecting a wide receiver with that 30th overall pick. Now, the one receiver that I think they would take at 30 if he was there would be Justin Jefferson or if one of those big three fell to them at 30, which is highly unlikely. It's highly unlikely that Justin Jefferson falls there as well. So with Jordan Love still available at 62, I think this is where the Packers might take him a chance on him like this. But let me do this. I'm going to restart this draft and we're going to play it as the Packers not taking a wide receiver with that 30th overall pick. We'll see if one is still available at the 62nd. 62nd overall pick so we'll do two rounds again still doing the predictive board and we'll see what we got there I just find it really interesting that everyone we've done so far has Joe Burrow Chase Young Jeff Okuda as the top three I think there's a prop bet that you can do on that seems like a pretty smart one to take right now at this point all right so Justin Jefferson gone at 30 we'll see what we got for offensive linemen so Kenneth Murray the linebacker out of Oklahoma is available still at 30. That could be a possibility for the Packers. Austin Jackson, a really good offensive tackle out of USC we've mentioned before. In this scenario, I think it would come down to Kenneth Murray and Austin Jackson. And we're going to go with Austin Jackson for the Packers, and he'll be the long-term solution at right tackle. I brought him up in my mock draft 2.0, only gave up four sacks last year. A really developmental prospect coming out of USC and could really be a long-term solution for the right tackle. We'll take him here at 30, and we'll see who the Packers will have available at 62. So Jordan Love here in this scenario goes 34 to the Colts. And I think the Colts, like I mentioned in my last mock draft, would trade up into the first round to get a guy like that. All right, so here we go. Packers at 62. Let's see what we still have available. So we've got wide receiver KJ Hamler out of Penn State. Wide receiver T. Higgins is still available as well. Chase Claypool is another guy that's still available. We've got a couple of interior defensive linemen, Justin Matabuki from Texas A&M and Raekwon Davis out of Alabama, two guys that could help stop the run. There's a couple of guys I think the Packers could get later in this draft as well to help stop the run. So what I think they would do here is they could go wide receiver at this point. Would they take T. Higgins or K.J. Hamler? T. Higgins is... an just another, not just another. He's a big receiver out of Clemson, kind of the go up, get the 50-50 balls, throw it up high in the back of the end zone kind of guy. I think the Packers have enough of those in terms of Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scandling. They just got Devin Funches as well. I think T. Higgins would kind of be overdone of the same tall wide receiver guy. Now, obviously, it looks like Brian Gutekinds likes those kind of guys because he's got a couple of them on the team. So T. Higgins could be a possibility here. I think maybe we'll take him at that 62nd overall pick. So the Packers in this scenario, once it brings up who my two picks are, they get Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle out of USC, and T. Higgins, the wide receiver from Clemson. So this is what I do usually when I prepare to write my own mock drafts. I go to the Draft Network, I go to Pro Football Network, and I go to pro football focus and I just do a bunch of these mock drafts see where players are going there I look at other mock drafts from like 
experts from ESPN, NFL Network, guys like that, Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, and see what they're thinking as well. And then I start building from there. So it'll be really interesting to see what's available for the Packers at 30. A lot of wide receivers, a couple of offensive tackles. That's what I'm starting to think the Packers might take with that 30th overall pick. If they stay at 30th overall, there's a lot of rumors that they may, they may be looking to move up in tonight's draft. Brian Grudekins, his first two drafts, he's traded one of his first-round picks. Last year, with moving up to get Darnell Savage. The year before, with Jair Alexander, when he took had two first-round picks in Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander. So we'll see what the Packers do. Might not be sticking at 30 by the time the draft comes up tonight. All right, so something that I want to move on to now is that MJ documentary that premiered this past Sunday. I'm sure you were all watching the first two episodes released on ESPN. That was really interesting to watch since I didn't get to watch Michael Jordan play live. I really don't watch a lot of his highlights unless I see them on TV when everybody has the greatest of all time debate with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kareem, LeBron, Magic, all these kinds of guys. Then I get to see some of those highlights. But here on this documentary, you got to see a lot more. And the thing that I thought about this documentary, I thought it was going to be just about the 1998 season. And of course it wasn't. But the thing about the 1998 season is I didn't know how much of a struggle it really was for the Bulls that year. I thought it was, I mean, what I've been getting from these first two episodes so far at least, what I thought it was was the end of their second three-peat, which was just a breeze for them, which is how I imagined it. Clearly it wasn't from what we've seen with the Scottie Pippen ordeal with his contract and him holding out and him wanting to be traded him getting the surgery late, enjoying his summer, as he said. So that was just really interesting to watch on these first two episodes. Another thing that I took away from watching Jordan play in a lot of these highlights is just how it looks like he floats through the air, honestly, when he is jumping and how long he hangs up there. He may not be able to out-jump some of these much taller guys back in this era, but he'll jump first, these guys will jump after him, and they'll be on the ground and he's still in the air which was blowing my mind in some of these highlights in in these two episodes. I mean, you see him hang up in the air. He's got the ball in one hand, and then he'll be able to switch it to the other hand and still get it high off the glass and put it in. You saw in the 63-point game against the Celtics in the playoffs. It's just crazy, some of these things that I was watching and some of these highlights. I don't know how it if he what he does when he when he's up in the air, but he brings his legs up too, which makes them seem higher. But just the way that he's able to hang in the air was incredible to me. And I was just, I'm so excited for the next two episodes as well this upcoming Sunday. The NFL draft and and MJ documentary really split up nicely. You get the NFL draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you get the MJ documentary on Sunday, which is nice of how they planned that out. But either way, these first two episodes were really interesting for me to see. And now, obviously, we know that they, they get it together, 1998. They win the NBA championship. Their toughest task, I think, was in the Eastern Conference Finals where it went to a Game 7. But what I'm interested to see is how it all goes down between Scottie Pippen and the Bulls organization and how he comes back and how the team accepts him back because right now where they left it off at is that Scottie Pippen says he doesn't want to play again for the Bulls and wants to be traded immediately and and so that he can get a big new contract because from what what we watched... He signed that seven-year, $18 million deal. 
And the interesting thing that I thought is that the owner of the Chicago Bulls, I don't know if he's still the owner, that's not something I keep track of, but he said at the time that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen shouldn't sign deals that are so long like that because their value could go up while they're in a deal like that. And I don't know why the owner would be someone that says, don't sign a deal that's friendly to me. I just found that really interesting. I don't know if this owner was just trying to portray himself in a good light throughout this because, I mean, he looks like the like the hero to the anti-hero, which is Jerry Krause, the general manager at times. Jerry Krause didn't want Phil Jackson to return as the coach, and then Phil Jackson and the owner have a talk, and Phil Jackson comes back one more year, and then Krause says this is your last year coaching no matter if you win all 82 games. But either way, it was interesting how the owner tried to say that Scottie Pippen shouldn't sign a deal like that, but then you get Scottie's side, and he said, I can't risk getting an injury or something like that. So he signed a long-term deal. But obviously he was vastly underpaid for the player that he was. And so he was really upset with that, wanted a new contract by the time year seven was up in 1998. And he just started harassing Jerry Krause and such like that from what we've seen. And now I'm just interested to see how he comes back to the team, how they finish it out, and how they win the NBA championship in 1998 which will be really interesting, which I found as the biggest uh, thing that I didn't know about the 1998 season for the Bulls of how tough it was from the beginning of the season, how they started without Scottie Pippen. Then Scottie Pippen wanted to be traded, wanted to get out of Chicago. And then, of course, they come back and they win it all. So we'll see how that all turns out. Maybe that comes in in episodes three and four. But we'll see. This is really interesting. I'm surprised how much really got in in the first two episodes and how much I didn't know. So that'll be... uh, Really cool to watch episodes three and four this Sunday. All right, so now final thought on today's episode, and this is just perfect, and this is just great. Rob Gronkowski is back, and he is going to be playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with his longtime quarterback, Tom Brady. This is incredible. So the Patriots trade Rob Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick for a fourth-round pick from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the question becomes, how much of an impact will Gronk really have with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? How much of taking a year off, will it help him? Will he be healthy for a lot of these games? So let's think of it this way. Gronk has had a lot of injury problems. He's taken a year off. He's still doing this WWE. He didn't get hurt doing that, thank goodness. But still, do you think Gronkowski is going to be able to play all 16 games healthy? I really don't think he will be. He hasn't really been training for an NFL season for a whole year, I'm pretty sure. He had the injury concerns before. If he needed rehab, he probably wasn't doing it as proficiently and as much as he needed to since he didn't have an NFL season to worry about coming up. So I don't know how much of an impact this really means for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is this an upgrade for them if they get... If they get an 80% healthy Rob Gronkowski, this is an upgrade at tight end, and this makes their offense really scary. Gronk is one of the best two-way tight ends of all time in terms of he can be the the stretch-the-field mismatch pass-catching tight end and can be a really fantastic blocking tight end. It's really interesting, and it's just funny that both Gronkowski and Tom Brady now in Tampa Bay It was rumored that the Patriots were going to trade Gronkowski to the Lions, I think two years ago now. But Gronkowski said if he got traded to the Lions, he wouldn't play, that he would retire. And he was only going to play for Tom Brady. 
So he ended up retiring a, a year later, taking a year off, and now he comes back. And a lot of people are saying that Gronk and Brady weren't done playing football. They're just done playing football for Bill Belichick. So that's really interesting to see. If Gronk comes back and he can stay healthy, I say maybe he rests. Like if he if he rests a couple games, like say he is able to take three or four games off in the season, not because of injury, just maybe to preserve him. And then in the playoffs, he's fully healthy and ready to go. I think then that's a dangerous move, and it's a really fantastic move that Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to do. By then, he'll be up to NFL speed. Who knows if he'll be up to NFL speed by the time the season starts, whenever the season starts. We'll see when the time comes on that. But I don't know. I don't think he'll be able to play 16 games fully healthy and then play additional postseason games if they make it to the postseason. The flip side of this trade then is really funny as in, is this a brilliant move by the Patriots or is it kind of a mistake on their part? And really, I think this is a brilliant move for them. Rob Gronkowski isn't going to play for them. He didn't want to play for them anymore. That's why he retired. He wanted to play for Tom Brady. And so the only possible move that they had would was for him to go to the Buccaneers. And they end up getting a fourth round pick for a guy that was retired not a week ago, which I think is really interesting and really funny because they're getting a fourth round pick for a guy that wasn't going to play for anybody else and he wasn't going to play at all even. So that's, I find that funny. I don't think even if he was willing to be traded to any other team that he was going to get much more value than a fourth round pick. So I think it's funny everybody uh, bashing Bill Belichick for this where I think it's kind of a brilliant move to get a fourth round pick, a decent pick in this year's draft with considering the depth at a lot of these positions uh, for a guy that was retired all of last year. So that's kind of funny to me. But I think if Gronkowski can stay healthy by the time it comes to the playoffs, if the Buccaneers make the playoffs, everybody's got them as the Super Bowl favorites now, which I still think is crazy. They might not even be the favorites in their own division with the New Orleans Saints still there, especially after this draft and some of the holes that the Saints could fill. If they make the postseason with Gronk, I think, and he's able to stay healthy, I think that's a big win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I don't think he's going to be able to stay healthy for 16 games. I hope so. I like seeing Gronk on the field, but we'll have to see when it comes to that point. All right, so then final, final thought on today's episode of the Final Final Podcast. New NFL uniforms being released this offseason. Like I've mentioned, my cousin, my younger cousin, gave me this idea. Rams, Chargers, Colts, Buccaneers, Falcons, Browns, Patriots have been teams to release them. Obviously, the winner of the new uniform colors and logos and such like that goes to the Chargers. If you saw their new uniforms this past week, I believe they were released. I love the blue in the Chargers uniforms. The powder blue is awesome. They've got the darker blue with it as well, and they've made the yellow, I think, a little bit darker too. The one problem I used to have with the Chargers uh, uniforms was I thought the yellow was too light, but now they've fixed it. Clearly everybody's favorite new jersey. These are going to look really sweet, especially if they do color rush with these and somehow with the powder blue as well. The Chargers have always had one of the coolest uniform looks with the blue and yellow and now they somehow were able to up it and make it a little bit better um and, and so far everybody knows that the loser of this uh uniform change in new uniform colors is the rams mostly because of how they made their logo look when when it first came out everybody thought this was the new logo for the chargers it looked like a 
lightning bolt wrapped around something. Turns out it was supposed to be a ram. <laughs> really didn't look that way, but also the rams just don't have the, the best looking colors. But uh, the rams and the chargers, which is funny, both in Los Angeles now. One has the best looking uniforms in the NFL now. One has the worst looking logo and really didn't complement it well with their colors too. So we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll look at the Colts. Colts have just changed their logos and some of their alternate logos. The Buccaneers kind of fixed their colors a little bit, and then the Falcons did what the Buccaneers did earlier and uh, kind of screwed up the colors that they had. The Browns, I don't know how they change uh, brown, but somehow they think they've done that a little bit. And then the Patriots, actually, I kind of like how theirs looked with their dark, really dark navy blue with the white and silver. So I think that kind of looks nice too. So we'll talk about those in coming weeks as well. But everybody, right now, all you need to know is check out the Chargers new uniforms. Those look really nice. And it'll be the the nicest looking uniforms this upcoming NFL season. Sweet powder blue look for sure as well. All right, well, that is all I have for this episode of the Final Final podcast. NFL draft coming up in actually just a couple of hours. So make sure to check this out before that comes up next week. I'll probably record a little bit early and we'll talk about the NFL draft, which teams were selected. I'll try to look back at my mock draft 2.02 and see how well I did. Um, And then we'll discuss draft winners, draft losers, and what this means for some NFL free agents as well, such as quarterbacks like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. So we'll discuss that all next week after the NFL draft. Thanks for listening this week. Stay safe, everybody. Stay sane. Watch the NFL Draft MJ documentary to keep yourself going. Thanks for listening. And that is the final final.